Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here. And it is Sunday, so we are doing breaches of the week. This week's data breaches, quite honestly, is a little heartbreaking. And there's a lot of them, but we're going to get to why it's heartbreaking uh, near the end of this. But as always, I want to thank the following people that sent me in a lot of this information. And that would be Naganat Guru, Michelle B., Jay Dance, Sander Slidering, Jacqueline Wolf, and Salvatore Bruglio. Guys, thank you very much. And please keep sending those tips my way. You know, I'll give you a shout out here and let's keep rolling because we got no time to lose this week in this segment. And we're first up talking about Digital ID. Now, this is a Stockport UK based supplier of digital identity and access cards. Uh, they basically are developing into a serious supply chain incident right now. Now, after data breaches affecting the greater uh, Manchester police and London's metropolitan uh, police forces came to light, Digital ID is kind of at the center of a firestorm right now in England. Uh, now, we've talked about uh, basically the Met or the Metropolitan Police. Uh, that came to light back in August, but uh, the Greater Manchester Police, or GMP, only revealed that they had been compromised on uh, basically the 14th of September, or that's rather when they revealed it, and there's more than 12,500 officers and staff that had been warned their personal information may have been affected. Now, the data uh, basically that is understood to be included with this is serving officers' warrant cards, which includes names, ranks, photos, and serial numbers as well. So if you work for the Greater Manchester Police, heads up to you. And I do have a good chunk of listeners in, in England as well. Not fun. Moving on, let's head down under to the bookstore chain Dry, uh, Dymox, excuse me, the Australian company which has more than 60 brick-and-mortar stores and, uh, and an online bookstore across Australia say that they've identified that they had an unauthorized access situation that basically affected their customer records on September 6th and that they immediately launched an investigation. Now, the bookstore chain discovered the data breach after being alerted by a third party and has yet to determine whether the data was stolen from its network or from any third party uh, provider processing data on their behalf. Now, the stolen information that may have been involved at Dymox is names, addresses, dates of birth, gender, email addresses, and membership details for book lovers, which is their loyalty program. So heads up to you down under if you use Dymox for all or Dymox for all your reading needs. Moving on. Let's knock out our quick mini segment. If you just spent on cybersecurity, you wouldn't be getting sued or having to pay out millions. And we are going to start with LA Care. That is Los Angeles uh, County's largest public health operated plan and the country's largest health-operated plan by the state as well. They reached a $1.3 million settlement with the feds to settle potential HIPAA violations linked to these data breaches. LA Care provides coverage for about 2.9 million people in Medicaid, Medicare, and the Affordable Care Act plans, and people basically to be uh, described uh, by the OCR director, Melanie fontes Rayner as some of the most vulnerable in Los Angeles County. So obviously, this is a huge thing. They're getting payouts. And so there you go. If you're using LA Care through the county, you may be entitled to compensation. Moving on, let's talk about insurer Mapfray USA Corp and its affiliate Commerce Insurance Co. Now, two proposed class actions have been filed in federal court in Massachusetts against Mapfray and Commerce Insurance 
over a recent data breach uh, that one of the lawsuits contends may have exposed customer data for more than 260,000 individuals. Now, the suit blames uh, the property casualty insurer's online quoting platform for allegedly automatically populating an individual's driver's license number and other information for anyone entering a bare minimum of publicly available information about that individual. Meaning, if I had some of your stuff or some of your information, I could go there and it would start populating. Now, the complaint contends that uh, not only uh, actual and potential customers, but even members of the public who were not Matt Frey customers may have actually had sensitive information compromised in the sense that perhaps my, I don't use them, but let's say my driver's license, they had it for whatever reason, some data mining, searching, brokering, you know that happens, and you went ahead and punched in, let's say the first couple of numbers, it may have auto-populated, not knowing it's me, saying, oh, hey, here's Nick's driver's license number, etc. Obviously, that's a huge thing, and they're getting sued. Moving on, let's talk about Care First Incorporated because customers of Care First basically advanced a class action proposal alleging that it failed to protect the personal information of basically more than 1 million people in a 2014 data breach. That's right, the wheels of justice turn slowly. Now, Chantal Adius, uh, Richard Bailey, LaTanya Bailey, and four other plaintiffs provided just enough evidence in support of one of their breach of contract theories to avoid summary judgment. Uh, Judge Christopher R. Cooper of the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia said basically that on uh, this past Wednesday. Although the plaintiff's evidence was quote-unquote thin, a reasonable jury could conclude that the health insurer breached an implied promise to take reasonable steps to protect their personal data, and obviously that promise wasn't kept. <laughs> Moving on. Let's talk about Sovos Compliance because they're in the news. Once again, I talked about them, I want to say, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Sovos Compliance failed to protect the personal information of more than 215,000 people, uh, basically, that were exposed in a May data, data breach, according to their proposed federal class action. Now, Sergey Standick, the uh, plaintiff, alleged the digital tax compliance and regulatory reporting software company failed to properly monitor its data systems, implement adequate data security practices, or comply with the FTC's data security guidelines and industry standards. Information exposed in that breach were names, dates of birth, social security numbers, and account numbers, according to the complaint that was filed this past Wednesday in the U.S. District Court uh, for the District of Massachusetts. So we'll see where that goes, but heads up, Sovos uh, users. Moving on. Let's talk about Caesars Entertainment, which operates eight hotel casinos across the Las Vegas Strip. Literally one day, one day, I think this is a record for, for breaches of the week, one day after reporting a massive data breach, Caesar is now facing a class action that looks to hold the hotel and casino giant liable for exposing its customers' personal information. This literally is a new breach. I didn't even talk about it last week. I was going to talk about it this week, but if there's, I just put it in this segment because it's all, it's an all-in-one. This happened on September seventh, you know, and that is that is absolutely crazy. Now. The name plaintiff, uh, Miguel Rodriguez, filed a class action that Friday in federal court in Nevada on behalf of himself and other members of Caesars Loyalty Programs, who are now at risk of cyber criminals using the six terabytes of stolen sensitive information to take out loans using customers' identities, file fraudulent tax returns, and obtain false identifications from phony driver's license. Rodriguez claims that Caesars, which owns and operates dozens of hotels and casino properties under its Caesars, El Dorado, and Harrah's brands, was negligent in its data security efforts and that customers were not informed of the issue in a timely manner. 
literally, it was disclosed, and within 24 hours, here we are. He also noted that the suit uh, that he also notes in the suit that although Caesars first disclosed this attack on September 14th, the company did not explain in a filing to the FEC, uh, to the SEC uh, the full breadth of the breach. And therefore, they were breach of contract to the SEC, which has reporting requirements that are rather strict. So we'll see where that goes. But one day, one day, <clears throat> that is absolutely nuts. <clears throat> On top of that, we have Honeywell. If you recall, I recently talked about them because right now uh, I'm now getting notices or rather seeing notices for the law firm of Lynch Carpenter LLP as they are investigating claims against Honeywell International Incorporated related to this data breach. Quote, if you received a data breach notification from Honeywell International, you may be entitled to compensation. End quote. There you go. The sharks are already in the water for Honeywell, so heads up to you. And that is the end of those end of that particular mini segment. And quite frankly, if they had just spent more money on cybersecurity, it would have been way cheaper than having to go through this mess, which oftentimes takes years or even a day. So there you go. Moving on. Let's talk about German telecom giant Vodafone because they temporarily uh, disabled their main Twitter customer care account, Twitter now called X, as well as uh, basically their subsidiary Clear Mobile after a third party gained access to those sites. Now, the telecoms firm notified the Data Protection Commissioner of Ireland and is investigating the issue. The two Twitter or X accounts have almost 80,000 followers combined. Now, a number of unauthorized tweets uh, seen by Irish news outlets were posted under the Vodafone Ireland and Clear Mobile accounts. I assume Clear Mobile also works in Ireland, directing users toward Discord servers. Now, following the incident, Vodafone suspended the account's activity. We believe they have since cleaned that up, but obviously under GDPR rules of which Ireland follows, Vodafone has some splaining to do, so we'll see where that goes. Moving on, we're going to do a quick update on MoveIt because a week doesn't go by where there isn't some MoveIt breach disclosure, and this week, past week I should say, is no different. This week, we're talking about Northfield Bank in the United States, Baylor College of Medicine, also in the United States, and Shell Oil, yes, Shell Oil's entire Australian BG group. So obviously, that's a big one, and this is going to keep on rolling. So here we are. Heads up to you. If your company uses MoveIt, if you haven't disclosed, you probably will sooner than later. Moving on. Let's talk about the Associated Press. Yes, the massive uh, journalistic body, because this past week, the Associated Press warned that an old third-party managed AP Stylebook website that was no longer in use was successfully hacked by criminals between July 16th and July 22nd of this year, and that allowed the data uh, for 224 customers to be stolen. Now, this stolen information includes those customers' names, email address, uh, street address, city, state, zip code, phone number, and user IDs for customers who entered tax-exempt IDs, such as social security numbers or EINs, employer identification numbers, those IDs were stolen as well. The Associated Press says that it first learned about this possible breach on July 20th of this year, after AP Stylebook customers reported receiving phishing emails, stated that they needed to update their credit card information. So heads up to you if you use one of the Stylebook sites from the Associated Press. Moving on. I'm going to give you a quick update on Tesla's May data breach because we now know that the May data breach compromised the personal information of current and former Tesla employees, and that is according to a news release from Nevada's Attorney General Office. And this is specific to Nevada as Tesla has presence there, uh, but we do not know uh, just how wide in scope this is. Now, the information that the Nevada Attorney General's Office disclosed 
was that employee names, phone numbers, physical addresses, and email addresses were breached. According to Tesla, 7,409 current or former employees in the state of Nevada were notified about that incident, and about 75,000 current and uh, former employees were affected nationwide. And again, that is an estimate, but that's still unfolding. So heads up to you if you're a Nevadan that works for Tesla or did work for Tesla. Moving on, let's head on over to uh, Minnesota and give you an update on the St. Paul Public School uh, data breach or SP or SPPS because SPPS notified families and staff last week last week, and we'll get to that, of a quote-unquote data security incident last winter that may have exposed their students' names and email addresses. Now, a letter that was sent out this past Friday, the district said it became aware of this issue in February of this year. So again, we're talking like, what, seven months, eight months, something like that. They flagged uh, basically the FBI, Minnesota Minnesota IT Services, and the Minnesota Department of Public Safety to investigate a quote-unquote unauthorized third party that access district data. Now, the full scope of the breach wasn't made clear until mid-July, but SPPS says it has identified everybody whose data might have been accessed. At this point, the district says it has, quote, no reason to believe, end quote, there was any fraudulent use of anybody's personal information, which for the record is a standard uh, thing. Oh, we can't find evidence that's directly related to us, so we can find no evidence whether it is or not. And so there you go. All SPPS uh, students also got new passwords this past Friday as well. So why that took so long? I think we're going to find out, and odds are they're going to be in my mini segment in the future as they're probably going to get sued. Moving on, let's talk about Microsoft's Nuance Healthcare Technology subsidiary, and this is actually looking like a big one. Now, this was revealed this past Friday that threat actors may have stolen personal data at major North Carolina hospitals as part of a massive international security breach this year. The Russian ransomware gang Klopp uh, is taking responsibility for those May attacks. Now, I don't know if this is caught up on Move It. I didn't see that in my notes, um, but Klopp, obviously, their biggest breach of the year was Move It, and Microsoft Nuance may have been caught up in that, but we're going to see. Now, now, in this news release Friday, Nuance said that personal data may have been breached at numerous North Carolina hospitals and other healthcare providers around the world, including Atrium Health, which is based in Charlotte. They are a huge hospital system. The Katawaba or Katawab. Ketawab, Ketawaba, I'm not sure how that's pronounced, C-A-T-A-W-B-A, if you know what that is, Ketawaba, uh, Valley Medical Center in Hickory, which is a lot easier to pronounce, Charlotte Radiology, Duke University Health System, which I believe is already declared, uh, DLP, uh, Central Carolina Medical Center in Sanford, Greenville-based ECU Health, Pinehurst-based First Health of Carolinas, Asheville-based um, Mission Health System, Winston-Salem-based Novant Health, Novant Health, uh, New Hanover Regional Medical Center in Wilmington, Chapel Hill-based UNC Health, that's got to be a big one, UNC, the University of North Carolina, uh, Go Tar Heels, Raleigh-based uh, Wake Radiology Diagnostic Imaging, and Raleigh based Wake Med Health and Hospital. So we're going to see what happens with this, but I think I'm going to be reporting, not quite move it, but it's going to be a while uh, talking about Microsoft Nuance Health because apparently they're used everywhere. Nuance uh, is a very interesting transcription and voice recognition software. Moving on. 
Let's talk about the Texas Medical Liability Trust because they reported data breach to the uh, Attorney General of Maine on behalf of itself and its affiliates, the Texas Medical Insurance Company, Physicians Insurance Company, and Lone Star Alliance, which is a risk retention group. And they say this has affected 59,901 individuals. Now, suspicious activity uh, was detected within their infrastructure on October 12th of 2022. Steps were taken to secure their systems and third-party forensics were brought in. Now, they determined that this actor, this unknown actor, had access to their environment between October 2nd through October 13th of 2022. And during that time, files containing protected health information may have been accessed. We're talking names, social security numbers, EIN or tax ID numbers, state ID or driver's license information, and financial account information as well. It took them until August of 18th to actually complete a review of those affected files and declare the breach. I suspect that it's going to be too long and they're going to get sued. Excuse me, they're going to get sued. So we're going to see what happens there. Moving on, let's head on back to Minnesota and talk about their Department of Employment and Economic Development, or DEED. Now, people that were job hunting through the state-sanctioned website, their state-sanctioned website may potentially be victims of a data breach, according to the announcement from DEED. Now, a letter sent to job seekers on September 6th, DEED says that it received reports of suspicious communication about uh, individuals who claim to be representatives of an approved employer website known as minnesotaworks.net. Now, at the time of the incident, the unauthorized user was able to view resume information through the website, showing data such as contact information, physical address, email addresses, and phone numbers, not to mention your work history, which hopefully you didn't embellish on. So if you use minnesotaworks.net uh, for all your employment needs in the state, heads up to you. Moving on. Let's talk about software bug tracking company Rollbar because they disclosed a data breach after unknown attackers hacked their systems in early August and gained access to customer access tokens. That is never a good thing. Now, the security breach was discovered by Rollbar on September 6th when reviewing data warehouse logs showing that a service account was used to log into the cloud-based bug monitoring platform. Once inside Rollbar's systems, the threat actors searched the company's data for cloud credentials and Bitcoin wallets. Rollbar's follow-up investigation found that the attackers had access to the systems for three days between August 9th through August 11th of this year. Now, while Rollbar servers, uh, while they're inside them, they access sensitive customer information, including usernames and email addresses, accounts names, and project information, such as environment names and service link configurations. So if you use Rollbar, the heads up to you, it looks like they got hit pretty hard. Moving on. Let's talk about Brady Martz and Associates PC, or just Brady Martz as they are uh, as they are go as they go by of Minot, North Dakota. Now, Brady Martz is notifying clients that their personal information, including names, dates of birth, driver's license or state ID number, health insurance information, medical information, and/or social security information, may have been stolen as part of a recent attack. The breach was in November of 2022, so not so recent. We're coming up on a year there, and I don't know much more than that. So we're gonna. Find Find out, but that's what they had in their disclosures. A heads up to you if you have anything to do with Brady Martz in Minot, North Dakota. Moving on, let's talk about Retool. Their platform basically helps organizations build business application. So you know where this is going. On August 29th, they notified 27 customers of their cloud platform that two days earlier on, on the 27th, uh, an unknown threat actor had gained unauthorized access to their accounts. All of the companies uh, were notified in the cryptocurrency space. 
or, or rather all of the companies that were using them are in cryptocurrency in some way, shape, or form. No on-prem account holders were affected, according to the company. A number of employees received spear phishing text messages from someone claiming to be a member of the San Francisco-based company's IT team, according to Sneer Kodesh, Retool's head of engineering. The message said that there was a problem with their accounts that would prevent open enrollment into a healthcare plan. The link led employees to a fake portal that included a multi-factor authentication form, after which they were called by the attacker who said they were from the IT team and deep faked the voice of another employee. And that is exactly what we are seeing now. Deep fake audio and video is becoming the name of the game. And we're seeing a lot of spoofing, especially when you're talking about spear phishing of higher ups trying to gain deeper access. That is a problem that we're going to continue to see. And as the artificial intelligence improves, so will the deep fakes. So be on the lookout. Make sure you've got good standards and methodologies and practices to thwart deep fakes at the human level on your at your company. Otherwise, you might be just reported on by me and one of these weekends never 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 good every sunday is breaches of the week moving on or on my radio show which obviously <laughs> dovetails with that as well um McAllister Regional Health is next up because on August 21st, they filed a notice uh, with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services for Civil Rights, Office of Civil Rights. Basically, it's a HIPAA violation saying an unauthorized party was able to access their infrastructure. In this notice, McAllister's reg uh, McAllister Regional explains that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to uh, gain access to patient-sensitive information, which includes names, address, dates of birth, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, financial account information, health insurance information and health insurance information or in health information such as treatments and diagnosis information they began sending out uh, letters to affected people as well Heads up to you if you use McAllister Regional for all your health needs. Moving on, let's talk about the city of Tomball in the state of Texas. On September 12th, the city of Tomball filed a notice uh, uh, basically with the Attorney General of Texas after learning that the city was the recent target of a ransomware attack. In this notice, city officials explained that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to access consumers' sensitive information, including names, address, social security, dates of birth, driver's license, and state ID numbers upon completing their investigation. Tomball began sending out notifications as well. So if you live in Tomball, deep in the heart of Texas, heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about Prospect Medical Holdings because recently they posted a notice on their website indicating that their, quote, computer systems are now back up and running following a data security incident. While Prospect has uh, not yet confirmed what, if any, confidential patient data was leaked, it appears that they were compromised based on the company's description of the event as a data security incident. And so there you go. They're sending out letters. So heads up, Prospect Medical Holdings. This also could be a supply chain breach just from what they sound like. So we'll see what happens. Moving on. Let's talk about Airbus. Yes, the European aerospace giant Airbus. This has been a crazy week. I mean, can you tell? We're like 22 minutes into this already. Okay, so they basically said this past Tuesday that they're investigating a cybersecurity incident following reports that an attacker posted information on 3,200 of their vendors and on a dark web site. Now, the threat actor using the moniker USDOD, that's cute, posted uh, basically this about a week ago, Monday or so, on breach forums that they had obtained access to an Airbus web portal after compromising the account of a Turkish airline employee. Now, the attacker claimed to have details on thousands of Airbus vendors, including names, address, phone numbers, and emails, according to a report from Hudson Rock, the research outfit. Now, uh, Airbus spokesperson Philippe Germeric, uh 
confirmed to recorded future news that uh, the attackers breached, quote, an IT account associated with an Airbus customer, end quote, and that the company was investigating the incident. This in the account was used to download business documents dedicated to this customer from an Airbus portal is something they also said as well. Now, according to Hudson Rock, the threat actor who also appears to be linked to the December of 2022 breach of FBI's InfraGuard system. And believe me, that sucked. I was a member, oh, I shouldn't say was, I am a member of InfraGuard. That was not a fun time. And they posted leaked information without making any demands. Now, a few details are known about the threat actor or their motivations, but they're a relatively new uh, ransomware group known as Ransomed. So, we're going to see what happens there, but heads up to you. If you're a vendor of Airbus, you might be exposed. Moving on, let's talk about the municipality of Alkmaar in the Netherlands because they accidentally transferred, and I shouldn't say accidentally, but they did transfer 236,000 euros, which is about 252,000 US, to a fake director. Now, employees received an emergency invoice from the director of the municipal organization, and they paid that promptly. Now, that was translated from a Dutch news source, uh, you know, using basically Google Translate. And so that's about all that I got without all the broken sentences and all of that. But the municipality of Alkmaar really needs to train their employees. Otherwise, they're going to be out another 236,000 euros. Moving on. Let's talk about MGM Resorts. We talked about Caesar. Now we got to talk about their biggest competitor or one of their biggest competitors. Now, MGM Resorts International disclosed that they're dealing or were dealing with a cybersecurity issue that impacted some of their systems. It knocked out pretty much everything. I actually was alerted, um, you know, to this uh, live as it was going down from somebody that was apparently at the casinos saying, oh, yeah, the cards scanners aren't working. Nothing is working. And so... The main website went down, online reservations went down, in-casino services like ATMs, which are beyond critical in a casino, slot machines, and credit card machines all basically went down. Quote, MGM Resorts recently identified a cybersecurity issue affecting some of the company's systems, uh, basically, and that was what they announced on, on Twitter slash X. Now, the company says they started an investigation, they took prompt action, et cetera, et cetera. It started basically about uh, Sunday night, what is that, the uh, 10th or so of, of September, and it, it basically went down through the whole week. I believe that they are now back online or slowly coming up online, but obviously that's a huge thing. And so if you are a member of MGM Resorts, whether you're an employee, a uh, rewards member or you're just rocking out at the casinos all the time and i'm sure they've got a lot of them heads up to you the odds are you're going to be <laughs> probably within 24 hours like caesar's part of a class action lawsuit we'll see what happens there but obviously not a good thing at all just las vegas itself i don't think is having a good week not to mention nevada tesla as well Moving on, let's talk about the Weather Network. Now, a cybersecurity incident has caused an outage that continues to affect the Weather Network app and website users as of Wednesday morning, uh, September 13th. Now, the Weather Network's parent company, uh, Pelmerex Corp., said in a statement that the incident was connected to a third-party software provider. I don't think it was moving on this one, but we don't know who that is. Now, the French language equivalent of the Weather Network, which was also a Pelmerex uh, property, uh, Mateo Media, uh, was also affected on this. On Tuesday, uh, that would have been like the the 12th or whatever, the yeah, the 12th, uh, basically September 12th, said the incident appeared to have taken their systems down completely. I believe the Weather Network is back online as I'm sitting here talking to you, but here we are, obviously not, not a good thing. And finally... And we have two finalies for you as well. And one, well, both are both are interesting. One is heartbreaking. Well, both are kind of heartbreaking, but you'll see where I'm going with this because uh, this is why we can't have nice things. 
And the first one we're going to be talking about is the Australian government. An Australian government uh, may be liable for tens of millions of Aussie dollars in compensation to asylum seekers after it posted their personal details online while they were in immigration detention. This, interestingly enough, had very far-reaching and international consequences for a lot of the asylum seekers and their families. So this is this is an interesting one and a heartbreaking one as well. Now, the mass data breach was actually discovered back in 2014 by Guardian Australia. That's the Australian version of the Guardian publication. And it resulted in information being used in some cases to allegedly threaten asylum seekers or persecute and even jail their family members. Of the nearly 10,000 asylum seekers uh, that were heading to Australia or in Australia looking for asylum, their privacy was breached nearly a decade ago. Those who suffered quote-unquote extreme loss and damage will be eligible for more than $20,000 Australian, which is about 71 cents on the U.S. dollar. So what is it, about 15000 U.S., something like that, um, in compensation after a decision from the Administrative Appeals Tribunal down under. Now, the total cost uh, to the Commonwealth could run into the tens of millions of dollars, but not all those whose privacy was breached will be allowed to claim compensation. In 2014, Guardian Australia discovered that the details of every person uh, then held in immigration detention by Australia had been posted online in an Excel spreadsheet by then Immigration and Border Protection Departments, now known as Home Affairs. Now, the Guardian did not publish any details or information, uh, you know, of, of the whereabouts or anything, but they alerted the department to the breach. The department took the personal details, which included full names, citizenship, dates of birth, location, and period of immigration detention. They took that offline. The information of 9,528 asylum seekers of which there were more than 2,500 children, was available online for 17 days and accessed more than 100 times, including uh, from IP addresses based in China, Russia, Egypt, and Pakistan, from basically masked anonymous locations as well. Now, documents before the AAT showed that in some cases, the data breach was used against asylum seekers and led to their families and their home countries being threatened. In one case, a verdict in an Iranian court explicitly referenced the data leaked on the Australian government website as evidence that an asylum seeker's relative who was still in Iran had helped the asylum seeker flee the country. That asylum seeker's relative was jailed for five years. In another case, the family of a Sri Lankan asylum seeker was repeatedly harassed by uh, members of Sri Lanka's CID. That's basically like their FBI, their service, etc., etc., and they said that they knew the asylum seeker was in immigration detention in Australia, obviously based off of this evidence. Now, the AAT decision also cited in certified documents from China. Uh, one was from the Shushan Villagers Committee in Changgong, China, stated that asylum seeker's father was stabbed by another family after they learned, quote, from the township government, end quote, that the asylum seeker was in China. In other words, the Chinese government had this, used this as evidence in court, saying the Australians have this person, they posted this officially, and here we are. So obviously that is a huge problem. And when you have any kind of data breach, that is a big issue. But when you're talking about asylum seekers, those that are actually fleeing some kind of violence, crime, or persecution from another country, these are incredibly vulnerable people, and it's absolutely unconscionable. And that leads us to our final data breach. Talk about just horrific, and that's Save the Children. And look, 
I've got to say this because all data breaches I report on are crimes of some kind of type. They're all awful in situations in their own right. But what kind of scumbag and, you know, actually calling these jerks like scumbags is an insult to the scumbag community who who rips off a charity whose core mission is to protect vulnerable children from human traffickers and indigents. This is a new low. This is this is awful. This just infuriates me. And, and I do these every week and I see and, and keep up with just some of the worst situations. And if you've ever been in a data breach or had to shepherd, shepherd a company or organization through data breaches like I have, you know, it's like the worst business day of that of that person's life, that company's life. This is not good. And now we're talking about exposing children's information it's just unconscionable ransomware gang and 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 human scum beyond liane that is the group um has claimed responsibility for a cyber attack against the nonprofit save the children international now while the charity was not directly named by the ransomware gang in a post on its dark web leak site beyond liane identified the charity as being, quote, the world's leading nonprofit, end quote, and said the nonprofit brings in $2.8 billion U.S. and operates in 116 countries. That information led to the suggestion that Save the Children was the nonprofit because charities are basically very transparent with what they're worth, what they bring in, et cetera, et cetera, and how they operate. That's pretty much required in every charter for a charity. Charity itself, though, Save the Children International, later confirmed that it had been the victim of a data breach in uh, basically a statement to the register of the news publication. Now, according to the ransomware gang, they stole more than 6.8 terabytes of data from Save the Children, which includes a large range of both business and personal data. The alleged uh, data stolen includes 800 gigabytes of financial records, as well as email messages, international HR files, and personal uh, data, including medical and health data. I don't know if that's just on employees or if it's on the children they help, or if there's that information is there because 800 gigabytes is not the 6.8 plus gigabytes. That's 0.8 gig uh, terabytes, excuse me. So 800 gigabytes, 6.8 terabytes stolen. So basically that's 0.8 terabytes of just that. I don't know what the rest of that data is. That's what I'm trying to get at. Now, regarding the cybersecurity incident itself, a Save the Children spokesperson told the register, and I quote, Save the Children International recently experienced an IT incident involving unauthorized access to part of our network. There has been no operational disruption and the organization continues to function as normal to build a better future for children across the world. We are working hard with external specialists to understand what happened and what data was impacted so we can take the appropriate next steps. This process is complex and takes time but remains our absolute priority, end quote. And their absolute priority should be saving the children not having to deal with jerks like this. Now, the charity also said that they had secured their systems following the breach, and basically that is, quote, confident in uh, the ongoing integrity, integrity of our IT infrastructure, end quote, and I really, really hope they're right. The nonprofit also made a point to mention that while cybersecurity incidents are a, quote, reality that all organizations face, end quote, the charity is disappointed that, quote, save the children whose core purpose is to help those most in need is also subject to unwarranted activity, end quote. And quite frankly, I just think this is utterly disgusting. I hope that every member of Bian Lian is essentially found and they are prosecuted to the full extent of the law and we just throw away the key because that is disgusting. All data breaches are awful, but when you're going after charities that help 
the most desperate and needy, especially children that can fend for themselves. It's utterly disgusting. It's I'm not a violent person and I would do violence on them. So there you go. That's what it is. Those are your breaches of the week. This was a long, disappointing and heartbreaking week, but it is what it is. And thanks for tuning in. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to uh, me on YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. And if you're a cyber criminal, stay away from charities. I, I don't want you hitting anybody, but stay away from charities. Screw you. Take care, all.